Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. So good. Good morning, church. How is uh, everybody doing? Good, good, yeah. It's really exciting to be here and uh, to share the Word of God with you this morning. Uh, but before I do that, uh, just a couple of things. Number one, I really want to appreciate Pastor Chris uh, for the incredible opportunity to, uh, to share the Word today. But also, October is uh, Pastor's Appreciation Month. Um, and I uh, really want to say that we really appreciate you. Um, thank you for your obedience. Thank you for, uh, you know, accepting the call of God over your life to shepherd us and uh, to lead us. The vision that God has given this church to take charge on that and, and lead. Thank you, and Nikki for your obedience. We really appreciate you. We're praying for you that God will continue to give you strength and wisdom to continue to shepherd us. Amen? Amen. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I have a video that I want to show um, some of the things that God is doing in Nigeria through you and through your prayers. And uh, just so watch that, and I will just kind of give a little, little bit of update, okay? Ruben currently works as a gardener. But before now, he was a farmer in Kaduna State. Farming is a common means of livelihood among his people. Sadly, this is no longer the case for most people, even him. Villages in Kaduna State have been targets to terrorists in Nigeria, and Ruben's village was not left out. We were in the community. They said the community are blessed. Many people ran away. They burned down our houses. All our property, our goods, the one we harvested, was condemned in the attack. So by that time, I have nothing left to survive. For many years now, states in the northern parts of Nigeria have been under attack by terrorists and bandits. They have been killing, kidnapping, and destroying farms and properties. A lot of Nigerians have had to flee their homelands, becoming refugees in their own country. Ruben fled Kaduna State, leaving his farmland, aged parents, wife, and two children behind. He says the decision to leave everything behind was a tough one, but he needed to find a more secure place for his family. Just when Ruben thought all hope was lost, he came in contact with the Leader Team Mentorship Program and is now a business owner. He sells beans in the market. Ruben, who had to start life afresh, has been able to bring his family to live with him. His wife recounts her ordeal. She says living every day in fear of terrorists was hard, and not having her husband with her was difficult. She says she is happy to be reunited with her husband. Because of the support Ruben is receiving, he says he can now dream again, and he believes that he has a bright future. I've seen it in me. 
I also, I knew that my life has changed. Amen. So we do two things in Nigeria. Uh, as of 2020, the unemployment rate in Nigeria was at 33%. Uh, currently, it's projected to be at 40%. And out of 40%, 55% of those are between the age of 25 to 35. What that means is we have a lot of people graduating from universities and colleges without jobs. Um, so 40% unemployment is, uh, is you. so we do two, two things. One, we create businesses that will create jobs and sustainable income for people. And also we train, because we do that because it's not everybody that is called to be an entrepreneur. You know, so we provide, we start businesses and create jobs for them. On the other side, there are people that have a calling and a passion to become entrepreneurs. We train them, empower them to start their own businesses so that they can create jobs for themselves and create jobs for other people. So the picture here uh, is our impact together in 2022. These are the people that we created jobs for and also empowered and trained to create their own jobs. This is for 2022, from January to now. And then the next picture um, this are uh, the group of people that we work with. We created jobs for uh, last year, uh, 2021. So God is moving. God is doing some incredible things uh, in Nigeria. Now, the question is, why is this important? Why is it important? Uh, why is it important to have a church on mission for Horizon West? Now, the answer is simple, right? Yeah, for say a church on mission, commissioning us to go to Nigeria and empower people, disciple people to create jobs in the marketplace is important because unemployment in Nigeria is at 40%. You know, the church needs to engage in this and say, okay, how do we help solve this problem? But I think that is just a surface answer. If we go deeper in John 3.16, here are the words of Jesus. And I think this will answer the question, why is Horizon West church for Horizon West? <laughs> right? In John 3, 16, Jesus said this words. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. <laughs> that God so loved the world. And eternal life here is not something that, okay, one day we'll die and go to heaven and we'll have life eternal. No. You know, Jesus actually defined eternal life in the Gospel of John. He said, this is eternal life that they will know God. So eternal life is actually experiencing God here and now. And you have eternal life right now. But can you believe it that there are people in the world, there are people in our city, in Horizon West, that don't have internal life, don't have relationship with God? And that is why we are for Horizon West, that we love our city, that we bring the gospel of Jesus into the city and begin to shine the light of Jesus in the city. Now, here's another question. 
If God so loved the world, if God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, how then are we, the disciples of Jesus, supposed to live in the world that God so loved? How are we supposed to live in the city, Horizon West, that God so loved? Now, Paul gave us a clear answer how we are called to live in our city and in our world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, Paul wrote these words. He said, for Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should not longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised again. Verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God is reconciling the world. Remember John 3.16, he loved the world that he gave his son, now he's reconciling the world to himself in Christ. No counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you in Christ, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. How? Then, are we the disciples of Jesus living in Horizon West, planted in Horizon West as a missionary church? How are we supposed to live in this world that God so loves? Paul gave us a clear answer in that text. We are to live as Christ's ambassadors. We are to live as Christ's ambassadors. But the next question is, what is an ambassador? What is an ambassador? Now, in the same text, verse 14 and 15 of 2 Corinthians 5, Paul wrote these words. He said, for Christ's love compels us. Now, from this text, two things we see about being an ambassador of Christ. Number one, an ambassador of Christ is compelled by the love of Christ. An ambassador of Christ is compelled by the love of Christ. Number two, an ambassador of Christ no longer live for himself or herself. So as Christ's ambassadors were compelled by the love of Christ to no longer live for ourselves, but for the one who died for us and was raised from the dead. Did Paul live this way? Absolutely. Right? In Acts chapter 2, listen to what Paul said. In Acts chapter 20, verse 22, Paul said, And now, compelled by the Spirit. The same language, 
compelled by the love of God as Christ's ambassador. Paul is now telling us that he was compelled by the Spirit. He said, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me in there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're compelled by the Spirit, and then the same Spirit warns him that in every city, this is what he's going to face. But Paul did not say, okay, now I know, I know the danger they are not, I'm not going. No. Compelled by the Spirit, he went. And then verse 24, he said, however, I consider my life worth nothing. In other words, <laughs> I don't live for myself. I'm no longer my own. I consider my life nothing, worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Ambassador, compelled by love to no longer live, for themselves. Now, quickly, I want to consider three things that the love compelled us, the love of Christ compelled us to do as ambassadors in this world that God so loved, in this city that God so loved, that God so loves. Number one, the love of Christ compels us as ambassadors to pray. The love of Christ compels us as ambassadors to pray. You see, throughout the scriptures, we see how prayer changed lives and transformed cities. You see, Dallas Willard defined prayer this way. He said, prayer is talking with God, not to God, talking with God about what we are thinking and doing together. That God is already on mission. God loved this city. God loved the world. He's already on mission, and he invites us as the church to partner with him to do what God already is doing in the city. So prayer is an invitation that we come to God, and we talk with God, we think with God, and we act with God on what he is already doing in our, in our city. You see, we don't pray because we love to pray. We pray because we love God. You see, I don't, I don't talk to my wife, or she don't talk to me because I love to talk, or she loves to talk. No matter of fact, there are days that I'm like, I, I, just, I, just, I just want to be quiet in my room. I want my space. And there are days that she's like, can you just stop? Like, I want to be, you know, we have moments that we just want privacy. We just want to be quiet. You don't want to talk. But I talk to her and she talked to me because I love her. And I want her to know what is going on here and what is going on here. Isn't it? On Friday, I was in, I uh, had a coffee with somebody in Winter Garden, downtown Winter Garden, and uh, we finished, and I called Charlotte, I said, hey, I'm done, can you come and pick me up? She said, okay, give me 15 minutes. So I was sitting at the fountain on the swing, 
and um, a guy and a young girl sitting right in front of me, and they were sitting across each other, and they turned and they were looking at each other. I mean, they, they were totally in. I mean, they were talking, they were looking at each other, like this conversation, and I'm sitting on the other side, and I'm like looking at them. So, and I'm telling you, I guess they went home and said, man, that was weird. That guy is so creepy. But I sat down there, and I was just watching. You know, I was just watching them talking and you know, conversation. She would say something. She would respond. And you can t- I was watching. I'm like, man, these people are totally in love. Nobody, you don't have to be. It, it was just completely. These are two love people, like, just hanging out and talking. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I wonder if when I go to God, we just have that kind of conversation, like totally locked in, just talking. That is what prayer is. You talk to God, He talks to you, you listen, you know. Love compels us to pray, to pray for our city, to pray for people that don't have a relationship with God. As ambassadors, we're compelled by love to pray. Richard Foster said this. He said, if we genuinely love people, we desire for them far more than it is within our power to give. And that will cause us to pray. Man, that we love our city so much. There are things on our heart that we want our city to experience the love of God, the unconditional love of Jesus, that we want our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers to experience, that we feel, man, it's not within our power to give, that that brings us to our knees and we begin to pray, God, will you move? Love compels us to pray. One of the ladies in our mentorship program, just like Ruben, the, the guy you saw on the, on, on the video, in January when we interviewed her to come into our program, I remember she came in and she was telling us her story. And at that point, her dad was kidnapped by Boko Haram, the terrorist group. They took him, and, um, and it was, they took him four months before she came into our program, and she told us the story of how, you know, dad is not here. They were hoping that somehow the kidnappers, were, the Boko Haram, would release him. So at that point, there was hope. You know, it's four months into it, but they were like, okay. Um, at one point, they will say what they want because sometimes they will demand a lot of money. If they're able to give them money, they release the person, or sometimes you give them money and they still kill the person. So it's like you don't know which way it's going to go. And so recently I met with her, and I sat with her, and I asked her, you know, how, how is the program going? How, how is your business going? Is there anything we can do to help you? And uh, she talked about her business and how the leader team and the ministry is really helping her to fully step into whatever God has for her. So she was excited about that. And then I, I, point, I stopped a minute and I said, but how are you doing? How are you doing? How is your mom doing? 
And she said to me, she said, you know, we used to think that one day dad would come home. She said, it's been over a year now. At this point, we are learning to accept that maybe he will never come back. And she looked at me and said these words. I said, but I'm praying for them. I'm like, what? <laughs> you see, when, the, when, when Jesus said, pray for those who persecute you, this, this young lady is literally living that scripture. I said, look, I, I get it when we, when we say we pray for America. I get it when we say we pray for Nigeria. I get it when we say we pray for the Middle East. And, you know, these, these prayers are incredible. But to narrow it down to this young girl saying to me that I know the people that took my dad. And I'm praying. She's not praying for the terrorists. She said, I'm praying for these particular people that took my dad. That I'm, right now, I don't know whether they will release him or they will kill him. I'm praying for them to have this internal life that, that we, the disciples of Jesus, experience. Like the song said, the peace and the hope and the life. You're praying for those people to have that? You see, disciples are compelled by the love of Jesus to pray for even our enemies that they were experience the life and the peace and the hope that is found only in Christ. That is what ambassadors do. Number two, ambassadors of Christ are compelled by love to serve. They're compelled by love to serve. You see, serving is love expressed in goodness and kindness. And I want to look at love serving in, in, in three dimensions. Serving in the imitation of Christ. You see, James and John came to Jesus at one point. They were like, hey, Jesus, you know, when you get to that place in authority, we want, you know, can you put one of us on your right and one of us on your left? Like, we want to be up there with you, right? Which is what happened in, when people struggle for power, right? It's a power struggle. And then the, the rest of the disciples came to realize that James and John went to Jesus trying to get, and they were really, really upset with James and John. And then Jesus noticed that there was a dispute among the disciples as of power and authority and all of that. And Jesus said this to them in Mark chapter 10, verse 42. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And the higher officials exercise authority over them, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Jesus said, look. 
the Son of Man served. And if you want to be great, imitate the Son. The servant become a way, a fundamental way of imitating Christ. And when we imitate him, we identify with him. He is our Lord, and we are his. So we become one with him. We identify with Christ in our serving. Serving also in the building of community. Serving in the building of community. In John chapter 13, verse 13, Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. And he said this to them. In verse 13, he said, You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and your teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Jesus said, look, when a community of believers become, love each other and begin to serve each other, the outside world sees that and go, man, there's something about that. There's something about that church. There's something about that family. There's something about that community. And, and, and I, I want to be in. Service also becomes a way of expanding the kingdom of God into the world. Serving in the expansion of the kingdom into the world. We have a, a lawyer in, in the city of Abuja, well-known lawyer, very, 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 very popular. Um, you know, I, I said that in the morning, everybody laughed, but I don't know, whether, but I'm going to say it anyway. Nobody came to me and said, you shouldn't have said that. But, <laughs> you know, like here, Morgan and Morgan, you know, so you, you, just to make comparison for you to know how popular this guy is. So this guy would bring his car. Usually he has several cars. So he would come in, he would drive one, and his driver would come with him. He would leave the car there and say, whenever you guys are done cleaning, I will come and pick it up. And he would get into his other car and, and go. So he brought his car for us to clean. And uh, he left $2,000 in the car just walked away. I'm like, ah, rich people. $2,000, you don't even know $2,000 in your car. You walked away. I'm like, okay. That is how people roll in Nigeria. Um, so my guys are detailing this car, and, and they sold this $2,000 and the ticket, and they wrapped it in a paper, a nice transparent paper, and kept it in the car after they finished and kept it there for him. Now, let me give you context. The guy that lead the car detailing team in our ministry now, in January when we had a staff training, we asked a question. We said, hey, if you're detailing somebody's car and you see money in the car, what will you do? This same guy was the first one that answered. He said, well, you take it. And you share it. We share it among ourselves. 
You know, that is so people don't see corruption as stealing. They see it as, hey, we're just sharing. It's an opportunity, so we just share among ourselves. So it's, it's not corruption. It's not stealing. It's just the way of surviving. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That, that is not how the kingdom works. So we, we teach our people that, you know, when somebody comes into our building, they didn't just walk in. Like, this guy didn't just wake up and go, I want to go and detail my car today. And then they came to our ministry for car detailing. We believe that God sent them to us, and we treat them as image bearers. They are made in the image of God. It doesn't matter whether they are Christian or Muslim or Hindu. It doesn't matter. They are made in the image of God, and God sent them to us at this moment, and it's an incredible opportunity for us to serve them as the image of God. So months later, this guy became a team leader on my team, found $2,000 in somebody's car, wrapped it, and put it on the seat. The guy came to take his car, and they told him he left $2,000 in the car. This guy came to me and said to me, please, will you come and train my staff? Because I've never seen anything like this in Nigeria. So will you please come and train my staff? Now, just imagine me having Morgan and Morgan's phone number, right? And like anytime Morgan and Morgan is in the city, he texts me, William, I am in the city. Will you, you know, so that is what is happening. Anytime this guy is coming into our building, he would text me and say, look, I'm coming over. Are you in the building? And I would say, yeah, I'm in, you know, come, we'll talk. But the goal is to point this guy to who? To Jesus. I don't take the Bible and say, repent. You know, I just said, we're, <laughs> we're just going to serve you the way God called us to serve you as an image of God. You see, service becomes a way for us to expand the kingdom of God into the world. Number three, an ambassador of Christ is compelled by the love of Christ to share the good news, to share the good news. Not in a way of condemnation and judgment, but in a way to bring life and hope. You see, in Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 29, Paul wrote these words. He said this, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. What will this city look like if us, the disciples of Jesus, we go into the city and every word we say bring healing, bring hope, bring life, like the song we just sang. 
how will our relationships look like? As we continue to pray this prayer, hold us together. Let's pray. Father, we come before you. We ask the Holy Spirit, you continue to empower us to continue to live as ambassadors of Christ in this world that God so loved. That everything, our conversations, our serving, our prayer will bring and draw people closer to you. We thank you, God, for inviting us to be, to partner with you in what you're doing in our city. What an honor and what a privilege. And all of us today, we pray and we're asking the Holy Spirit, you will lead and you will guide us as we continue to be a church on mission, bringing redemption, what you've done on the cross into our city, that all men will come to know you as the Lord and Savior. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.